Hi, everyone. I'm Sheikh. Welcome back to Humans of AI, where we meet the incredible people building the technology that's changing the world. Today, I have a very special guest, Yusuf Hosni, who's a prolific researcher, writer, and educator in all aspects of AI. Yusuf, thank you so much for making time today. Oh, hi, Sierra. It's really nice to meet you, and thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate uh, inviting me, and I hope <laughs> this session or this, this episode will be like, give some benefits to the people and will be interested. Very interesting. Yes. I, I have no doubt about that. What? Well, Yusuf, I like to start the podcast with the same question for all of my guests, which is basically, how would you describe the work that you do to a five-year-old? Okay, it's really nice question. Yeah, usually <laughs> AI is somehow seems complex, but if I have to uh, just explain it, not only to five years old, but also to my parents, for example, because I think they, they might be... Oh, like, that's a much higher bar. Explaining to your yeah, parents yeah. is much harder. <laughs> yeah, they just see me like on computer, but they don't know exactly what I'm doing. But usually, <laughs> yeah, what, what what I say to them that I, I I try to make the computer to think and act like in a human way. Uh, so we give them we give them intelligence, just Mark, uh, to understand us and do some tasks that we are doing, but in in a better way, in a faster way. Nice. Yeah, that's a yeah. nice. Uh, Simple one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make the machine things and, and act as as human. Awesome. Some, in some tasks we still look pretty far from it, but yeah, in some tasks the machine really long jet work. Nice. Well well uh Yusuf, you've had such a interesting career um all throughout the the world really. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your career journey? And what were some of the inflection points along the way that led to where you are now? Yeah, so basically, basically I, I'm still like in the beginning of my career, I would say, because I just have been at this for five years. But yeah. uh, so I started first, I was interested in biomedical engineering at mm-hmm. university. And so I have plans to do like master's in this field and that's what I've done. So I joined the um, University of Oro in Finland for a master's degree in image and signal processing, and mm-hmm. I was specialized in biomedical. And during that, I got exposed to working with medical imaging and started applying computer vision algorithms and, and deep learning and so on. Uh, after finishing my master's, I have like a plan to first take a break from academia and do some industry work. And because I just want to, to get this experience and work on, on like, a real cheap products that will be used by people, but but then I get like uh, there was not a lot of opportunities in this area because like hmm. still it's under research and and so on, and uh, so I thought I still want to get this experience from in working in the industry and working in in products like this, uh, so I have to shift a little bit towards just like that science and the AI to be able to find opportunities in in the industry. Uh, because I think like it's it's wider and there will be much more opportunities. And after that, I yeah like that's a small position in my startup. Uh, and at the same time, I was still working in uh, also the the research. So I was working in in tools. And at no. this point, I started like I thought there a lot of things that I would like to share with people. I started writing that a bit on LinkedIn. Uh, after that, I I think LinkedIn LinkedIn is somehow have some restriction on the word length and people usually prefer to just read short posts. So I, I would like to share more and more. So I just went to Medium because I'd like 
to have like <laughs> the flexibility on, on writing more. Good strategic and, choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I was, it was not planned. So I was just like, everything happened, like I need to do this. So I, I, I searched from how to do it. And yeah, it's, it's like this. And after that, I joined a company as an applied researcher. Um, but yeah, something happened, which got me fired for some political reasons. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, recently I just joined the startup as, as a data scientist, uh, just like two weeks ago. And this is my journey. During this also, I am working in, I'm trying to do some mentoring for people. I have mentored like around 100 person. I also do some consultation for startups. And yeah, that's all I wow. need. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you um, when you uh, your background, it very very much seems like you're equal parts researcher and educator too. What really motivated you to initially put so much great content out there? Yeah, so I think because when I started, I was a little bit stopped. And I, and I didn't know how to, to proceed, especially when I tried to shift from uh, academia to industry. Uh, there was a lot of things that I, I hoped that someone had, have taught me before I joined the academia. And uh, it was like, I think it will just make everything easier when I was trying to go to the industry. Uh, and I think this also applied for many people who just uh, finished the bachelor's degree or just finished the master's or PhD and trying to go to uh, industry. So this was like the stopping point, I believe. Um, I just want to share just what I have learned through my my very, very short and very simple journal. I think I, I still think that I was. Oh, you're being yeah, humble. So this, <laughs> no, no, no. It's the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so oh. this, this was the point. I just want to share what I have what I have learned and what I uh, I think helped me to to do what I have done uh, and just make it easier for people who are trying to proceed similar, similar route or similar both. Huh. Well, in, in, um, uh, in talking about the types of shifts that occurred when you went from um, academia to industry, what are some of the things that, that you had to adjust to and, uh, what are some of the ways that you would recommend that um, universities adjust academic training, if at all? Yeah, so actually, I think like especially in the programs that are related to that science and the AI and so on, I think people need to focus more on software engineering skills. Uh, mm. I think this is our main uh, skills that people are like lacking when they are trying to shift. I think a lot of database working with, with uh, a query language database and knowing how to write a production level code and uh, um, like dealing better with cloud service and, and so on. All, all the stuff related to data and uh, software engineering, I think people focus more on the science, on property, statistics, machine learning, the modeling part, how to deal with the data, which is all, of course, important. Uh, but I think like learning how to work on, on something that will be put into production in software environments. I think it's really, really important. And I, uh, I think like this, this one of the main reasons that people will not be able to join a, a startup or a company because they're usually looking for someone who can work in software engineering environment and will put 
the models and, and their stuff in introduction. Um, so yeah, I think like from, from experience and also I, I know a lot of friends who have similar uh, problems where they just join a certain degree, but after finishing it, they found that they have a lot of skills that they are actually lacking and there are a lot of mm -hmm. gaps that they need to fill, which they will have to spend more time to start learning this, uh, which should be learned, I think, in, in, in that academia or in, in, uh, in master's degree and so on. Huh. What about when you're uh, doing the reverse of, of that and say you're starting in traditional software engineering and you're looking to make a shift into becoming a machine learning engineer, there are different um, AI courses and boot camps that are out there, but do you have a recommended starting point for someone like that? Yeah, I think it's, to be honest, it's easier. So usually when I I, uh, I get asked by people who are willing to, to, to proceed a career in AI, but they still like trying to, to choose a major, I usually tell them just yeah, choose the software engineering and after that it would be easier to, to work as machine learning engineer or that science and so on. Um, yeah, I think like starting point will be, uh, I usually prefer to recommend Coursera because I think they have like this balance between, uh, practical, uh, learning and also theoretical. And they somehow, that theoretical part is not shallow. They somehow have good tips in it. Uh, so yeah, I think like as usual, the machine learning specialization by Andrew is, is a very, very good start. Uh, and currently I think he is still with very good work in, uh, doing these short courses on generative AIs, but also if you'd mm -hmm. like to, to start like getting a little bit into generative AI, he, I think he's also just very, very recently, maybe last week, published the generative AI specialization, which I think would also uh, be mm -hmm. a very good point if you just would like to proceed in generative AI. Um, yeah, so I think Coursera is, is very, very certain point for everyone. Yeah, interesting. Now, I you also work um, extensively with mentoring students and uh, aspiring data scientists. When people are just starting out, do you see any common pitfalls? Yeah, as I mentioned, the first one is that, that they focus more on, on the machine learning part. Uh, so okay. usually when people start with, with learning that science or machine learning, they start with machine learning, which is obvious. But... but uh, uh, what I see is that they, they try to, or they don't focus on first software engineering skills, which I, I, I yeah. really like to focus on, on this part because it's really important. Uh, also like how to deal with data. So how to clean your data, how to do feature engineering, how to clean, clean the data and clear your pre-processing and so on. Um, and also they don't do, uh, good enough projects. So usually, what I, when I give you like resume from, for people that they are trying to land the job in the market, uh, and they still fresh graduates, they don't have much experience, but they do, they put the project in, in the resume. Uh, usually the project is very, very common projects, which is everyone is, has, has done it when hmm. they are started, but they, they don't like give you the, the uniqueness that you need when you are applying to a job. So usually people would like to see that you have done some some good work, some good projects. So, uh, don't just stop at this guided, very famous project, which almost all people who are starting in this field have done it. Yeah. Because it's the other project that, uh, you're, you're doing when you join, but, 
Uh, it's a Coursera courses, which almost most of the people have done. So, uh, yeah, focus on building your own project. So try to find an idea that you're interested in and start your own project on this point. Uh, and focus on not only machine learning, which is of course important, but also focus on how to put, uh, how to, to develop a project, how to develop a product and how to train the skills that you need to do so. Awesome. I'll, uh, going to the, um, going to the research side of things, um, is there an area of research either in computer vision or more broadly that you think is very valuable right now, but not, not enough people are talking about it? Yeah, I think one of the ideas is like efficient machine learning or like one agent finds machine learning and deep learning. I think like yeah. most of the people currently are focusing on increasing parameters to, to make the models uh, more capable of, of thinking and so on. But yeah, I think like in the future, in the future might be the trend like developing like models, but with less parameters. And we can, we have seen like Microsoft has published later recently also this, um, the textbook are all you need, and they start decreasing the number of parameters uh, for their uh, machine models. And I think also for, like, especially for computer vision applications, because uh, in wide area of applications, you need just to run your models on, on edge device, especially for example, mm -hmm. for cars and so on. Uh, and I, I know there's, of course, there's still some research in, in this area, uh, but I think there's not a lot of hype around it, but also I think it's really important. And, um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for um, more efficient machine learning, there are there any particular researchers or companies that you think are doing particularly interesting work there? Um, I think like I believe since the Raven cars will, will be doing some great work there. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe like Tesla and also value you mentioned that. Um, yeah, talking was it? Yeah, Postgres have worked. With, I just worked like as an intern there. Uh, yeah, but actually, yeah, I believe you worked a little bit longer than me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they, they are doing like some research there because I was working close to the AI team uh, in this part also. So yeah, so certain eleven cars companies will, will be doing a lot of research in this area uh, to, to make them, the the computer vision algorithms to be capable of. Working with nature files and doing the process that you know, to do. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, uh, I used to work at uh, Baleo as a vendor with their team in uh, Ireland on a lot of the uh, training data that went into the um, mm -hmm. the fisheye camera lenses there. So, yes, uh, the, the automotive world often takes the best of what's possible and tries to figure out how to make it as small as yeah. possible. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, um, I think I, I, you mentioned uh, generative AI earlier, and um, I, I'm wondering, as various large language models proliferate, you know, you have the, uh, you have the list of what the best models are on, on hugging face evaluation. Um, what do you think are the criteria that companies and practitioners should be using to select the right model? Yeah, I think there are, there are a lot. Uh, one of them is like the, the performance on the task that you, they will do towards the reviews. Uh, 
So what's wrong with multiple on it? Uh, how's it be like the capability of the of pre training this model? So that they have lot. Is it open source and they can just yeah, use model to pre train it on their own data and so on? Or um, there's a technical requirement to run this model because yeah, we know that um, like something like open wise, they get a lot of money in, in resources to, to make this uh, awesome model. So not all the companies are capable of, of this, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, also, the availability for data to to do this this task. So if if the uh, if they have to get the model and do some pre-training on the team, do they have the data to do so or not? Yeah, I think it's, hmm. it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. You mentioned um, open AI and um, open AI definitely stole the attention of the uh, world this week with their with their Dev Day. Were there any particular announcements there that you were most uh, uh, excited about? Yeah, one of, one of, yeah, 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 of course. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the one that got my attention really is the, the GPTs, where they can, yeah, uh, can, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's really, it's really awesome that people can now create their own GPT and just publish it for the community and there will be like a GPT store where you can, you can, uh, I think actually this will like somehow close a lot of startups that uh, even like recently have started based on OpenAI, API and so on that, that provide. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, service. So yeah, I think this this will, will close a lot of startups because people now can just just buy this GPT and, and use yeah. it for their own uh, problems. And also, I think I, I read that they can, uh, like, you can use GPT on intern your internal data for realization. I think also this will, uh, yeah, will decrease the need for LLM engineers and AI engineers because now we don't have to <laughs> hire yeah. lots of engineers to do the fine tuning for you and so on. Because you can, yeah. So it's really interesting. I think. I think yeah, it's 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 promising, of course, but yeah, it's it's getting like danger more and more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's especially with the with the built-in rag, it automatically yeah. puts a lot of companies out of business right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When is uh when will the when will use of GPT be coming out? Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, let's see first if I have an idea, but yeah. Yeah, I think most of yeah, I just like found some of my friends that just start to publish their own uh, GPT. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. I think it's really amazing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, uh, along those lines, um, are there any uh, thinking about the the tools and resources you use, both as a researcher and as a educator? Are there any AI tools that you use in your own workflows, co-pilots, things like that? Yeah, co-pilot, of course. Also, ChatGPT. I use about it. It has capabilities. Like every time I discover something new, yeah, just. Imagine them chatting with a friend, but yeah, who has more, yeah, more little bit knowledge, I think, and you can do something and things faster than me. So, I, yeah, I, I use it a lot. And every time I use it, I found like new way to to chat with with with, with, it or with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I was using like a lot of tools, but eventually I found like ChatGPT is is doing most of what I can I can uh, what I was using the other tools to do. So I just yeah. 
<laughs> no, I, I mostly I use only ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like at the beginning of this year, I was trying different tools, but yeah, I found like at the end of the day, I can use ChatGPT for all of the other yeah. things that the other tools are doing. Well, when you're using uh, uh, ChatGPT or Copilot, say for uh, writing software, um, how often are you? Using the code that's generated directly and accepting the suggestions. Yeah, to be honest, I don't use it like this. But what I do is I usually write code first, and I using I start using it in debugging because I found it's hmm. yeah. Somehow sometimes it it helps me like just give it the code and support yeah. the error message. For example, it, it helps me about to to uh, find the error or trying to understand right. where where are the problems. Also to improve my code for example, sometimes I just try to uh, like an initial version and I'll give it to it to help me improve it. Uh, but yeah, I, I only use like the results of or, or the code generated by ChatGPT for just my writings. Uh, because mm-hmm. I just want to give you like an example of uh, certain things. So it just generated uh, very well instead of just going to search for, for uh, from the documentation or from the official. Uh, like every package, also package. So I just use a code generated by GPT for this, but yeah, usually yeah. I, I use it for debugging. I think it's really, it's really useful and, and I save you a lot of time when, when you start using this way. Yeah. Huh. Now, um, does um, does it work as well when you're pr- producing content? Does it work equally as well on uh, English as well as Arabic? Actually, it's, it's doing a lot of, uh, it's doing, uh, it's doing a very good work on, on Arabic. I, I didn't okay. try much, but, uh, cause yeah, I don't generate, or I don't write a lot in Arabic for, for articles and so on. But I used a little bit for the translation. It was really good. It's, it's way better than Google okay. Translator. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's sometimes when you ask some questions in, in Arabic, it, it's answers really good also. Uh, yeah. and I, I asked someone also in, in different in, in I asked different people in different language, and they also mentioned the same that it's it's really good working in another language. Okay. Yeah, so yes, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Yusuf, the the very last question I have for for you is that with um with the with the pace of AI accelerating the way that it is, there are like fifty new awesome groundbreaking research papers every single week. A hundred new companies every single day. What are some of the ways that you use to stay on top of the latest and greatest? Yeah, so actually, I um, so like for some companies have their uh, daily papers so they publish like on mm-hmm. yeah, almost on a daily basis. So uh, would of the new important uh, research papers. So I try to follow this. Uh, also, I follow a lot of research institute research labs. Uh, and most researchers on Twitter, so I just try to to get and uh, know what they are doing. Uh, also, I try to like doing small projects on on different uh, use the, the new models and try to find tune and so on. But yeah, not not on a large scale, but maybe just just very small scale. But just to, to get my hand always with, with the new the new advances and so on. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, I think I think this also I try to um, 
Oh, oh yeah, of course. I, I I also try to follow or to see some tutorials and 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 videos on the recent advances on YouTube. I think there are a lot of mm-hmm. YouTube channels that are doing like really good work. Uh, just trying to to usually talk about the new uh, the important models and important features maybe in ChatGPT or the Premier has just released and so on. Yeah, and, yeah, I think that's all. Just yeah, try to to, to be to be. It sounds in, like a lot already. <laughs> to be around the uh, around the hype, just not. Yeah, leg. and of course I have like my my learning plan, which will I try to like getting more and more understanding. But like this, like on the long term, but yeah, just on short term, in, in a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Just try to for the the new papers. Maybe not. I, I will not read all of it. Just maybe the abstracts. Uh, and if some people got my attention, I might just go read that a bit, or just see the public face page if they have, and also GitHub page if they have, just to to to, to stay in to stay in in shape. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Yusuf, uh, thank you uh, so much for uh, joining and sharing about your world. Lots of uh, super practical advice and exciting news. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it was really nice talking to you. And yeah, the hope, of course, to talk uh, once again. Awesome. Thanks, Yusuf. This podcast is brought to you by H10. Part of our advanced technology that never changes is the need for the right people to design, build, and manage it. H10 offers just that with an on-demand talent and management service that covers all aspects of engineering, program management, and AI. Trusted by over 400 companies, including half of the Fortune 10, H10 is here to help lighten your load and make you the hero. 